welcome to the Inner Bitch, Inner Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jacari, naturopathic doctor turned speaker, writer, and intuitive empowerment coach. Each week, I bring you inspiring stories, people, and messages to help you lean into loving your emotions, transforming your relationship with yourself and others, and giving you the clarity you need to create a life you love. Today, I have a super special guest with me. My dear friend, Abby Glonick, is here, and we're continuing on our Eating Disorder Awareness Week stuff that I have planned. And so, Abby is, we actually met waitressing at a breakfast place, Eglectic Cafe in Wheaton, <laughs> Illinois. And we were the egg girls. <laughs> we were the egg girls, the OG egg girls. <laughs> yes. And it just the first. So Abby went to school at Western Michigan. And that's where I did my undergrad as well. So when we first met, when you were home for summer, and I, you, I found out you were going to Western. And then, I, and then I was like, ooh, this girl might be cool. And then we started talking. And I was like, oh, my God, I fucking love this girl. She's an incredible human. And then I think like through the years, because I mean, we were there for a couple of years together. And, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. And I don't even know like when I opened up to you about my eating disorder, because I think I knew about yours first. Yeah. And Some then might I say would, I'm too open about mine. And we, <laughs> well, if you, if you wouldn't have talked about it, I wouldn't have known that I could open up and trust you. You know, yeah. like you were one of the original people that I opened up to. I don't even know if you know that. <laughs> Thank you. No, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I have Abby on today. And so we're just going to talk about her experience and shed a little more light on this like insidious, awful shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so let's just kind of dive right on in. If you just want to, you know, just kind of share your story and, and yeah, we'll just kind of riff around as we go. I love, well, thank you so much for having me. We have lovely chats about this and life and have some good giggles along the way as well. Um, but yeah, obviously this is what like kind of got us to that next level of our relationship, if you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Just like the coworkers. Um, So yeah, I, like you said, I did my undergrad at Western Michigan and going into your freshman year of college is either like a hit or miss. I feel like you're either ready to go. You want to make friends. You want to get out there or you're like me. And I was terrified. I was so scared. My senior year of high school is kind of when my, I'd already, I'd always had like some sort of mental health issue. Um, Growing up, it just was never brought up, talked about, or um, resolved, obviously. So senior year, it all just kind of blew up. It had been bottled up, bottled up, bottled up. I was, you know, 18 years old. Um, And it just kind of, you know, (laughs) exploded. So I finally started seeing a therapist, um, which was good, but I was still just so petrified to go to college. You know, I was going to be away from my family. My nephew was just a couple months old at the time. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time that, you know, your first love, you don't want to leave them. Mm -hmm. You're (laughs) enamored. So all of that was just, you know, not good. I'm an anxious person. Change freaks me out. And this is like, you know, one of the biggest changes 
in your life is moving out of your parents' home, away from everyone, your friends, family. Um, and that didn't sit well with me. I cried the whole three hour drive there, the whole day until my parents left. And I'm, my emotions make, um, will suppress my appetite. I'm not an emotional eater usually. Uh, it's quite the opposite. I lose my appetite completely, which I'm sure, which we're conditioned to think that's good. You lost your appetite? Hell yeah, you don't have to, you know, save those calories, go, you know, whatever. So when I start, first started feeling this, um, you know, I was just nervous. I didn't like things. I was homesick. I missed my boyfriend. I missed my friends, my nephew. And I just lost my appetite. So like a normal person, I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat. And that pattern just progressed and ended up, you know, running rampant, obviously. So about, I would say a month after, a month or two after school, I finally visited home. And not finally, that's very early, but it's okay. <laughs> and I remember my parents looking, I walked in the door and they like, kind of gave me this weird look. They were like, you look like you lost weight. And I've never been like overweight by any means. I was an athlete growing up. Um, so I, I didn't have room to lose a lot of weight. So, you know, I heard that. And then again, immediately in our society and diet culture nowadays, I heard that and I was like, hell yeah, I'm doing something right. I lost weight, like without even trying, I'm doing something correctly. So that progressed and I like really weird things. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat breakfast. I'm not going to eat lunch. Maybe I'll eat dinner. Who knows? Um, and I was just like, almost ignorance is bliss. That was going on. And I was like, this is kind of cool. I like saw some changes in my body. My problem area was always my stomach. I've always been self-conscious about my stomach. So I saw that getting a little curvier in the way that I wanted it back then. And I was like, this is pretty cool. I'm finally getting this body. I'm finally like making my stomach the way I wanted it to. So I just kept on and I ended up, um, you know, when I was hungry, I started ignoring the hunger pains and the hunger cues. And until they, they eventually went away because, you know, your body goes in starvation mode and they're like, okay, clearly this body is not listening when she's hungry. So take them away. Um, and obviously that is not the correct way to do it. Um, but yeah, so again, I was like, not hungry, not going to eat. And I would probably like for breakfast, I would drink coffee. Um, I would either usually eat like just lunch or just dinner and like depended on when I was meeting like my friend for whatever meal. So if we were meeting for lunch, I would eat lunch to put on a, you know, safe face and then, you know, wouldn't eat dinner. And it just snowballed. And I remember like my clothes weren't fitting right. But again, I thought they're getting baggy. This is good. I'm doing something right. So, and it was, you know, it ended up being a control thing, which I didn't know. I didn't realize until probably years later. I don't know if it was the same with you. It took me a long time. I was just like, oh, I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat. And mm -hmm. turned out to be anorexic. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so yeah, and I remember like the first time I like realized something was kind of not right. I was doing my laundry, you know, we're in the dorms. I was all at the end, opposite end of the elevator, walk my laundry basket to the elevator, 
went down, walked a couple feet, put it in a washing machine, came back up. Um, and I remember my arms were sore. Like I had literally done a workout and I was like, huh. And I, I hate working out. I wasn't working out then. It's <laughs> like, that's weird. I wonder what that had been from. And then I remember laying in my little twin XL bed and I was like, oh my God, that was from my laundry basket. And my laundry basket was not like overflowing. I was in college. I wore leggings and sweatshirts. It, it was, and I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. My leggings start became like baggy on me. Leggings are not, the whole point is <laughs> leggings are not supposed to be baggy. Um, so that was when I was really like, oh shit, you know, something might not be right. What I thought I've been doing correctly this whole time might not be what I thought it was. And then after my freshman year of college came home for the summer, I went to see my therapist and she was like, you look skinny. And again, I was like, oh my God, like, thanks, missed you. And she was like, no, no, um, like not good. You look sick. And like little did I know my skin was like gray. My hair was dull. My hair to this day is still a little bit gray from that. Uh, no one tells you that. <laughs> um, you know, frail, you could see my, like nothing was cute. My breath was horrible. My face was sunken. Um, but back then I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, girl, you're killing it. You're doing something well. So I had, she had weighed me. I had lost, there's a certain per, um, percent of weight that you lose to when they have to like literally relinquish you from their control to get to go inpatient or see, seek, you know, higher help. So that had happened. And I was like, I, it was like, I got hit by a bus with like just realization. And I was like, Oh, and I remember calling my ex-boyfriend and I remember like going back home to my parents and they were like, well, like, I guess do some research on where to go. <laughs> okay. So we, you know, I ended up going to my primary care doctor. We made a makeshift outpatient thing, but I had to see my doctor, my therapist, and my new dietitian once a week. Um, could not miss. And if I, my weight didn't progress up, my doctor's like, I'm putting you an inpatient. She's like, I'll give you a chance, but you know, that's it. You, if I see you lose a pound, you're going. And I was like, shit. So that scared me. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Wow. Scared me straight. So that's, yeah, in a nutshell, that's how she started. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, so it's like, even at the end, you were still just like, I, it, like, you were still like, thank you. Like, I am, you know, losing this weight and it's good and it's fine. And like, so it really wasn't until she was like, uh, no, like, mm -hmm. this, this, these are your options now. Yes. And, Wow. Yeah, it it was bizarre. I remember just sitting in my car for a little bit afterwards. I was like, wow, you know, I thought this was so good. I thought I was doing great. And now I'm going to be hospitalized. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So do you mind sharing a little bit about what that was like for you going through the recovery process? Yeah, of course. And, you know, like we just said, I didn't realize that until, <laughs> until, you know, 
something traumatic happened. Um, so yeah, I like, I remember the first time I saw my dietitian, which now I am studying to be one. So thank God for Kathy. She <laughs> helped me not only get to my recovery, but also find my future career. Um, and I remember going in and I was crabby. I didn't want to, you know, I, I was kind of had that eating sort of brain gnawing at me. Like, no, you're still doing this right. You don't need this help. You don't need to see a dietitian. Like nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. So I remember my mom and I dragged my feet in there and she's so sweet. I love the woman. We still keep in contact. And she's like, okay, so like, you know, what are you here for? You know, a very normal question for a, any healthcare professional to ask. And immediately I was like, well, she doesn't know what I'm here for. What am I doing? If she doesn't know, why am I here? remember I was like, I don't know. My doctor said I have an eating disorder. I'm here. She told me to. She said I was going to get hospitalized. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and she's like, okay, for sure. Like, you know, I can help you with that. So sweet. I was being such an asshole for no <laughs> reason. Um, so it probably, did, it took me a couple weeks to finally like open up and realize like she's here to help me she's here so i don't die by starving myself you know be a, a little appreciative <laughs> give her a little bit of slack like she's doing her job um and same thing with my therapist i remember she was asking me all these questions like about body image i was like no it's always been bad i've never had good body image like no and then she kind of connected some dots for me and i I didn't remember this. I remember after therapy, I was talking with my parents once and my dad was like, yeah, you, before you went to college, all you kept saying is I am not going to gain the freshman 15. And I didn't remember that. Makes sense. <laughs> Looking back. Um, so yeah, I guess she had connected dots for me. I, you know, have a library of books I was reading. Um, Specifically, I'm going to give a shout out to the eight keys of recovering from an eating disorder. Truly, they have the book and they have the workbook. I don't know if you use either not. of them. No, I need to check it out though. They're amazing. And they truly like they have it from, you know, when you're still denying that you have an eating disorder to when you're recovered to when you're recovered and dealing with a lapse or a relapse. So a huge help. So I was, I wasn't allowed to work because as you know, serving is not always conducive to, you know, it's hard to pee sometimes during a shift, let alone to like eat something, eat something substantial. Mm -hmm. So my doctor like kind of knew that. And she was like, no. And I remember like watching all my work friends, like, you know, take Snapchats together. And I was like, why am I sitting here on like a workbook while they're all having like fun and making money? So that was a big thing. Um, but it was kind of, I've always worked every summer. I've worked since I was 16. My summers are to make money. They're not fun. <laughs> I'm there to hustle. So when I wasn't allowed to do that, not only was I not supposed to, I was truly to an extent not allowed to. I was like, oh, so there's so many weird like milestones that had happened. They're like, oh, wow. That like really put things into perspective. Like, you know, I was still like, I guess I have a problem. It can't be that bad. Um, no, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, and that was one of the realizations. I'm at home. I have all these appointments with health professionals and I have all this quote unquote homework to do in my workbooks and my books. And yeah, that 
that put me in a place pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I so. bet. That's something that I, like the denial aspect, it's like I'm still peeling back layers of denial, even to this day, you know? Absolutely. It's, I think that that's the most like insidious, like awful thing about eating disorders is that you could go for years having an eating disorder and not even realize it. Like that was, that's been me. (laughs) Yeah, no. And like you said, I am still truly like, I will, I now at the point where I can, you know, break down a thought, like an eating disorder thought that pops up, which I never thought I'd be able to do. Um, And I can still, like you said, I still have these realizations where I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's what that is. That's, you know, complete, complete BS first and foremost. Like, it's bizarre. It is such a weird disorder. You can deny, deny, deny. And like, uh, people don't understand that this is the number one killer of all mental health diseases, like surpassing um, suicide. And I truly think it's because you can deny. And the way that our society is built now, that's, you know, we hear that, oh, it looks like you lost weight. You look skinny. And we know that that means that that's good. Skinny equals good in our, like what we're um, grown up to think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that clearly doesn't help. I don't know if you had the same situation where you got like quote unquote I, compliments and it, yeah. fueled. It, well, it was actually the opposite for me, which is interesting because I've been like skinny shamed my whole life. Like you're too skinny, eat a cheeseburger. You're too skinny, eat a cheeseburger, like all the freaking time. And it used to really bother me, but in, in, and it would bother me, it would trigger me to not eat. And so it was like so paradoxical because it was like, I don't want to be skinny anymore, but I'm shaming myself for being skinny. And therefore I'm not going to be able to eat because I'm shaming myself. And that's the way that I harm myself is by not letting myself eat. Interesting. This like vicious office cycle for me. Horrible. Yeah. And did you use that as I as a control thing? I think I did. I think it more so was like, like, I maybe I don't know. I'm trying to like piece it all together myself still to this day. Um, I think my thing was that it's more of a self harming thing where I was mad at myself, and so like you don't deserve to eat because you're not perfect. Like that's really the underlying thing for me. Um, And it's almost like I used it as fuel for myself where it was like, if you're going to like get an A on this test and you're going to do like all these things that we've been putting off when, like when you finally do it, that's when we can go and get a cheeseburger. So I would use food as like my uh, like gratification. Like I wouldn't use it for like just eating to nourish my body. I used it. Like you have to do this thing and then you can eat. Interesting. Yeah. That is so crazy. It is wild. And I truly feel like this is a never ending puzzle. It's like more things that you like learn about yourself and learn about what had happened, what people had said. And that's so interesting that you, eating disorders in general are self-sabotaging <laughs> to yeah. an extent. And is it like the power that food has like the fact that you were using that as your prize almost like you need to do this and then you can eat, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, my body looked good, so I'm not going to eat. It's mm-hmm. so crazy that, you know, food has that much of an impact to the point where, yeah. you know, 
you could l- kill yourself by starvation. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. It is. And I think the, the craziest thing about this is we all kind of experience that inner voice differently. Like that eating disorder brain, we all experience it differently. So I'm actually curious if you've like met other friends who also deal with this and if you know of the way that they experience it. Yeah, absolutely. I've been able to um, connect with some people because once, you know, I kind of um, come out as having an eating disorder that my friends or coworkers, whatever it may be, like, oh, well, I, you know, I actually know someone who has an eating disorder. It looks, it seems like they have an eating disorder, whatever it may be. Um, and I've been able to connect with a couple people through that, which I, is so gratifying to me. That's my favorite thing ever. Um and yeah, I remember speaking with one girl. She, again, it was about lack of control and felt in her life. So, you know, turned to control by using food. And, you know, she had had a rough upbringing. Um, you know, it just seemed like the worst luck. Anything that bad, anything bad that could have happened, happened to her. Um, so that's what she was grasping on to. And I believe she was a binge eater and um, bulimic as well. And yeah, she was still um, trying to get her bearings. And I just kept saying like, you know, I'm here for you to speak. Also, please do not be afraid to seek professional help. It is the best choice you will ever make. It is life-saving. Um, and if you need help with that, let me know. I am more than happy to, you know, do whatever. If I have to do a Google search, ask my dietitian, whatever it may be, I am so happy to do it. Um, wait, I already forgot what the question was. I was just rambling. It's okay. No worries. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious if you know of other people's, like, like the internal way that they experience it. Like, well, you said that hers was like control, but yeah, go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Going on a tangent. Um, and there's another girl. She um, had anorexia along with the excessive um, exercise. So hers, similar to yours, was food was the reward, but also the punishment. So if you work out, if you run X amount of miles, you can go eat that cheeseburger. Um, But also if you eat that cheeseburger, you need to go run X amount of miles, do X amount of burpees, whatever it may be. Um, So it's so funny what role, you know, it can play both the reward, the punishment, the, I don't know, whatever you're looking for can turn to food. And it's so bizarre. And you know, food is, this is my dietetic self speaking. food is nutrients. Your body needs food. It's as simple as that. And the fact that we are low eating disorder brains can turn that into these huge um, roles in our life is, is so, it's still, I still can't wrap my mind around it. The fact that, you know, it had that much of an effect on me, on you, on anyone else struggling out there. It is so it's beyond me. It's still, I can't, <laughs> I can't even fathom I, it. Yeah. You know, I, I know some people who have struggled with like alcohol addiction in the past or like drug addiction that they get over that and they're good there, but then it's food. 
And it's almost like, I remember one time I was sharing my story and like at the end of the story, the person was like, you know, like, I'm so sorry, whatever. And I said, I was like, you know, I'm just happy that it's, it's like, this is the problem I'm dealing with. And I'm not, I'm not like turning to alcohol or drugs or whatever. But as soon as I said it, I was like, there's that fucking denial again, because (laughs) like you said, like eating disorder is the number one freaking killer of mental health because of it being so insidious. Yeah. It's just insane. I know my, um, my brother struggles with addiction and it is funny. I can't help but compare what he has gone through versus what I've gone through. And like you said, I always had that where it's like, well, at least I'm not doing that, you know, well, I could be, you know, an alcoholic instead. I'm just not eating. And it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple, so harmless. And it's not, it's not. And I know that addiction sits with someone for the rest of their lives, no matter how confident in their um, recovery that they are. And the same thing with eating disorders. I remember asking my dietitian, I was like, when does this go away? When am I going to be able to look at a piece of food and not think about uh, calories and when I ate last, when I'm going to eat next, what, you know, what at the infinite amount of thoughts. Um, So when does that stop? And she's like, she was a breast cancer survivor. And she's like, it's like a cancer survivor. No matter what else you do, that's always going to be a piece of you. That's always going to be a piece of your identity. And that really hit me. And I was like, you know, so I was pissed. It kind of put me in a bad mood because I was like, this is going to be with me forever, like truly going to be with me forever. But now I am so grateful for it because again, it it did get me to the career that I want. It has, my goal in life is to help people. I want to help as many people as I can, whether that's sharing a body positivity post on Instagram or, you know, truly connecting with someone or, you know, my future clients that I'm going to help. And I'm thankful for the eating disorder because that's, it brought that to me. So far, you know, I am not a professional yet. I'm 24, a lot to go, but I still feel like I have been able to help and touch a few people because of that. And that was my one thing I always remember when I was, you know, neck deep in anorexia, I was like, when I'm out of this, I cannot wait to help other men and women going through this because I don't want anyone to understand what this is like. And I always say that, I always reiterate that when I talk to you know my boyfriend, whoever, I, I'm so thankful you don't understand. I never ever, ever want you to understand exactly what I'm going through. You shouldn't, no one should. And if I can help at least one person do that, I'm gonna be happy. I'm. I'm good. I'm fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. So beautiful. You're just such a shining bright soul. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you. You're going to help so many people. And, um, you know, I'm sure that there's people listening right now that are like, oh, maybe I have questions or whatever. And I know that you are like, yes, send them over to me. Talk to me. And <laughs> you're, you're open to it. Um, so this is something that I, okay. When I first found out that I had an eating disorder, the way in which I found out was I heard a thought in my mind say, you don't deserve to eat. 
And it was the first time that I had ever heard that voice, but it wasn't the first time like feeling in my body, like that feeling and all like, like the sensations on all of that stuff. Uh, I guess, I mean, you shared your story of like the gradual, but was there one moment for yourself where it was just like, whoa, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, similar to like kind of what I said with the, um, with my previous therapist weighing me, um, or no, sorry. I take that back. I take that back. I, when I would go to see my doctor weekly, I would have, I would have weigh-ins and to this day, I still get on the scale backwards. So I don't see the number because that's what I had to do. And that's still in, I still need to do that for myself to this day. I'm still not quite over seeing that number and not feeling either grateful if it's lower or just absolutely horrified and down on myself if it is higher. Um, and I remember the last weigh-in. So if, I don't remember what had started this. It's so hard to, I don't know if you felt the same. That like year when I was so deep into the eating disorder is kind of a blur. And I think it is because your body goes into starvation mode and it's like, you don't need to remember this. I'm trying to keep you alive. I'm trying to keep your heart breathing and your lungs breathing. Oh my God. Heart beating and your lungs breathing. Excuse me. Very good. <laughs> I'm college educated. I promise. <laughs> um, so my memory is horrible and I apologize for that. Um, I remember my grades had really plummeted too. I had started my first semester with a four point so proud of myself and then second semester I went down to either like a 2.8 or a 2.9 and I have never gotten below a three point um in any grade and anything so I remember seeing that and I was like that is so weird like I wonder what caused that um lo and behold <laughs> was the eating disorder um but I do remember my mom was going to start weighing me as well so she could help me track at least, not know the number, but track at least, you know, if I was gaining or if I was losing. Um, and obviously gaining was good. My brain immediately is like gaining weight. Oh my God, like, no, 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 no. Um, gaining was good. Um, and I remember, it was just a couple years ago, I had seen, um, I re-saw the piece of paper with my mom weighing myself. Um, and I remember the, when she did it, I was sneaking around so I could go see the paper and see what I weighed. That was a lapse in judgment, but it's okay. We got past it. Um, I'm 5'6", five, 5'7", five, and I weighed the lowest weight that I ever knew about myself. It was 105 pounds. And my healthy weight in high school is usually about 155, 160. So 50 pounds on a five six five seven woman and i was never really an unhealthy weight like i said i was an athlete growing up i was active um and i remember seeing that number and i was like oh you know immediately knee-jerk reaction i was like hell yeah 105 i've never been that in my life maybe when i was <laughs> 12 but hell yeah we're back and then i remember a lot of stuff stuff hits me at night when i'm in bed with my thoughts and i remember like kind of doing the math and i was like 50 five zero pounds of my body and even i even eating sort of brain me 
was like, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, so that was a big, that was one of the big ones for me. I remember, you know, still to this day, I think about that. I like, I have the little paper in my room at my parents' house hanging up to remind me of how far I've come. But it's so funny. Like, you know, I was trying to sneak around to see it and I saw it and I, you know, was excited. And then, you know, it hit me. I was like, oh shit, I got to change. <laughs> I, yeah. I got to do something. I got to <laughs> eat. What was yeah. yours? I want to hear your, you know, it was, yeah, it was literally like I had an awful day. I hadn't eaten all day. I had like a full day of clinic, full day of classes, got in a fight with like an ex-boyfriend or something. And I was like so mad at myself that I even like went there or something. And I would remember I was just laying in bed after this awful day, just laying there. And I don't even know, like my stomach was so, like I was so hungry. My stomach's rumbling. I can feel it. I feel just like sunken into my bones. Like I just Mm -hmm. felt awful. Like I felt like I was literally just laying there as a corpse and I'm starving and I'm just like, okay, Sarah, it's time to eat now because like, I don't feel good. Like you need to go eat. And then that's when I heard the voice. No, you don't, you don't deserve to eat. And I was just like, it, I have goosebumps right now, even. It's like, I, I literally too. was just like, holy fuck, I have a problem. And I think there was something, there was a, something that happened. I don't remember specific timing wise, but another girlfriend of mine also had struggled with eating stuff. And I opened up to her and I was like, how do you know that you have a problem? Like, how do you know that? And she's like, Sarah, if, if you, like, when you know, you know. And I just was kind of like, hmm, you know, so I had been like thinking about it, I think, because I I had, again, was like skinny shamed and I had lost 20 pounds in like four months um, in 2014, but I didn't even unravel and discover that I had an eating disorder until like 2017, 2018. Wow. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when I say my story, is like denial. It's like straight up denial. Like I lost a shit ton of weight. People were concerned about my weight, but my story, like mental health wasn't really addressed at all when I was growing up. It's like, well, everyone deals with depression. Everyone deals with anxiety. Everyone deals with that stuff. So just like find a way and get over it and, you know, move on with your life. And like, that's the thing. It's like, people would ask me about my weight and I when just be like, I don't know, like, I'm just not hungry. I'm really stressed out. And, you know, like, it was so easy to come up with those excuses. Yeah. Oh my, the energy it took just to come up with an excuse, come up with a game plan. Like, am I going to eat in front of this person? Am I not going to eat? What am I going to say if they ask this? What am I going to say if they talk about my weight? What's a good excuse for that? It's never, it's exhausting. And that's so interesting that you were able to like actually pick out the eating disorder thought because that was something I had to work on for a long time. I just couldn't, I was just, you know, the thoughts were one. I just thought that was me, that the thought came for a reason. So, you know, that's me. Yeah. And I had to do so much work just to unpack what was an eating disorder thought and what was a legitimate Abby thought. So that's wild that you were able to like, and that early too, to kind of distinguish well, I think 
I, so that thought, I heard that thought after I had done a couple months of meditation consistently. And I think that the meditation consistently is actually what allowed me to hear that thought. Because I think without, I probably wouldn't have heard it. And even now, like I still have relapse stuff. Like I'm still very much going through the recovery stuff. And like, I don't hear that voice all the time, you know, and I do meditate every single day. And so it's like, I'm still trying to figure it all out. That's why I'm like, I need to get that workbook that you're talking about. (laughs) It's life changing. I swear. I was just looking through my old journal too. Um, And it's so funny to, I don't know if funny is the right word. I don't know. Um, to see what my answers were. And some were like, I was afraid to buy clothes. I was afraid to buy clothes because I didn't want to see what fit. I didn't want to know if a large was going to fit me or if an extra small was going to fit me. And now I can't stop buying clothes. Is that an issue? Maybe. (laughs) I love it. And it's so, and I forgot that I even had that thought. So looking back at old, I don't know if you're a journaler. I'm obsessed with journaling. Yeah. Um, It's so funny to look back. Yeah. Do you have any other examples like that of like different things that you would, yeah, like worry about? Because I did when, you know, when you were talking about food and like kind of planning around like what you would eat and what we wouldn't eat, I was the same way or, or I would go out and everyone would be eating. And I would say that I already ate. Like I would say that, or like I would have friends come like stay with me and we would like be eating breakfast or something and I was like I couldn't eat a ton and so I would literally like go and like like dump my plate out as if I had eaten it yeah and I mean because again that's so funny that your like body adapts to that it's like I'm not getting food so yeah your stomach's gonna shrink Mm -hmm. um and I remember having people visit and doing the same like it's your thoughts are even revved up more it the whole eating disorders are exhausting. I remember, um, I, sorry if I said this all right, but I remember when I finally hit my first kind of phase of recovery and I was like, I have all this space in my head to think about things other than like plotting excuses when I was going to eat and when I wasn't. Um, so I remember when, anywho, I digress. I remember having people visit and, you know, they're like, oh, you know, where's a good place to eat around here? Cause you know, we're from Chicago. They don't know, they've never been. And I would have nothing to say. And I love food. I've always loved food. My family were foodies for sure, I would say. And I remember like, I don't really know, you know, Kalamazoo doesn't really have that good of food. I didn't you know what to tell you. And people were like, oh, and people who knew me were like, that's bullshit. that's bullshit that is not you that's not true um I'm literally salivating right now just thinking about all the places to eat there too (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's the excuses excuses were constant and that's I like I don't know if I have a ton of those written down but I remember thinking those thoughts and thinking that's that was normal that was, I didn't even bet an eyelash at that. That was it. That was normal. That was my life. That, Yeah. There was this one time that I was out to eat with a group of people 
and it was just like a burger. All that I had was a burger and I loved this place and I can't even remember its name right now. But anyway, so I'm like, I'm eating and I eat half the burger and I make a comment about like, my gosh, like, why are these always so big? Like, I wish that I could be able to finish my food. And someone else said, like, then I look around, everyone else had finished. And then this girl said to me, like, well, that is a normal size. And I remember feeling like so much shame in that moment because I was like, damn, like, what what the fuck's (laughs) wrong with me? Like, why can't I eat this food? It's just crazy. Like, that just like took me back almost. Like when you're kind of caught, like a little bit in your lies and your excuses, (laughs) nowhere to go. Cause no one thinks that way. No normal person thinks that way. And then when you're finally caught and then called out, I remember my dietitian and therapist all like, you know, I'd say things are like, did, did you hear what you said? I was like, yeah, what about it? I don't see what's wrong. And they're like, okay, let's unpack that first and foremost. (laughs) And then realizing, you know, down the road, I was like, oh, that was fucked up. That was, (laughs) that was not me. That was not my Abby brain. That was my eating disorder brain. Loud and proud. (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. The, and I, I will never stop saying this. It's insane what it can do to your brain. Just, you know, the thoughts, the excuses, the lack of brain power, literally seeing my GPA plummet. And I don't know if you've had, cause you were doing during school too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I was trying to like paddle up a river up current <laughs> you know, like in this hard ass program and then not eating the entire fucking time. Basically it's, I have no idea how I did it. No idea. Horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's a blur. Like you were saying, like so much of that period of my life is just a blur. And it's so sad. Cause these are like your freshman year of college. That's a bit supposed to be so fun. You're supposed to socialize and meet people and, you know, do stupid things and giggle about it. And, you know, just in our 20s, there's so much that happens and so many like fundamental moments. And that just, we were taken out of it. We were taken out of that for a bit because that's, you know, our brain was elsewhere. She was sleeping. She was unwell. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering you know, like I said, I'm still going through like moments where it's like, like when I graduated the acupuncture program and when I like finally am no longer a student, like this is recent. This is like, I'm talking December. It's February. Yeah. And like, I had such a hard time during that time because I was just like, oh my gosh, like the world is changing. And so this is maybe where I do have a control problem because I, it does pop up when I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. Like I'm launching myself into the unknown right now and, and I don't feel safe. And so it was like, I was just, it was so hard for me to eat. And so like literally, literally, like, I mean, I've had just a really rough couple of weeks, but there was a, a morning where Ryan, like, got his own cereal and he poured me a bowl and I get the bowl and he poured, he made like a full ass bowl for me. And I just started crying. And I was just like, I can't eat all of this. Like, why did you do this? Like you set me up for failure. Like, what are you doing? I can't eat all this. Like what? And he's like, what do you mean? No, like it's a lot of milk. And, 
you know, if you don't finish it, it's fine. And I'm like, I'm like having a fucking meltdown because I can't eat the food. And I'm just like so frustrated that I can't eat the food either. It's like all this shit piled on top of each other and all this emotion and I'm just crying. And then I like, I have to go take a bath. (laughs) You know, just like I need to just get my shit together. But in the moment, it's so fucking hard. Like it's just like, what is wrong? Like, why can't I do this? No, I've had that. I literally, when you were saying that, I got like physically uncomfortable because I've been there. I remember, um, and no one truly, and again, I don't want people to be well-versed in this. I don't want them to know how to react, but it's hard to react to someone when you hear this information. So I can't imagine what I put my friends and family through at that time. And I remember people always being like, we'd go out to dinner my one meal of the day or whatever it was. It'd be like, oh, you know, kind of trying to egg me on kind of like oh well like maybe just like a couple more bites of whatever or maybe um two more french fries how about two more french fries and don't try to bargain with me and i understand completely where they're coming from that's you know if you're not eating just eat i get it i get a hundred percent but i just remember getting seeing red when people would do that to me and i turned into this monster people are trying to help me these people are helping me. Remember every day my dad would come home from work and he'd be like, Hey, uh, how's, how's your day? I was like, good. Yeah, fine. Whatever. And he's like, what'd you eat today? And I would have to list and God bless him. I love you, dad. <laughs> ended up being kind of helpful. I would list, every, you know, what I ate that day. Sometimes I would fluff it up and be like, yeah. And an extra this. I didn't eat that. Um, I don't know if you had to drink Ensure's just for extra calories <laughs> I would I did not drink those I went with some other different protein but I remember you telling me about about oh, it. yeah right and I like I they like kind of give me a gag reflex because I drank so many goddamn ensures <laughs> like again that's just what my dad thought like that, 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 that that's gonna help you clearly don't have enough calories drink this it'll help you and you know, again, I remember the first few times before this became routine, the first few times just being so angry. And I'm usually not an angry person. It takes a lot to really push me to the edge. And I got there quick. And our, you know, our little bodies are starving. They're not okay. So yeah, we're going to react in weird, rash ways. And you know, yours came out as crying, mine came out as anger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I- I've definitely been there where it's like people are like poking and like trying to, you're like, oh, just eat some more, just eat some more, just eat some more. And it's like, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, yep, I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing it, ma, you know. <laughs> but then it gets to the point where it's just like, I can't, like I can't yeah, you anymore. physically cannot. And I don't, and I don't think that people like fully understand that either, where it's like, well, but like, why can't you just like, like, just force yourself to eat it. And it's like, I will start throwing up if I do that. So no. And I have this whole other brain telling me not to, (laughs) that is just as powerful as my normal one. So yeah, no, you're, you're going to (laughs) lose. You're going to lose. Our bodies are saying no, our brains are saying no. And like you said, even if there's that like little like glimmer of hope, like, no, eat it. Just try. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm nauseous. I cannot 
I can't, it's like even half fry, it's not going to work. It's not going to go down. So going along with this like relapse conversation, like what has helped you the most? Like what helps you stay in that recovered state? Yeah. Um, so like a tiny bit about my relapse. I was a sophomore in college. I was living in sorority house at the time with all my friends. It was fun. Our house mom made the most amazing food. And I had almost, my dietitian explained it as like a pendulum. I went from restricting, restricting, restricting to kind of finding my way and needing to eat so I could gain weight again. And then kind of went, I wouldn't say binging, but to me, it felt like binging. And I remember I'd eat and I was um, not eating intuitively, which we can unpack later if you so desire. Um, I didn't even let, I didn't even think. I was like, these chicken nuggets are amazing. I just ate however many. I'm going to go eat more without even thinking, questioning, without even breathing, <laughs> inhaling these. And I remember I would go then in the bathroom. If I felt too uncomfortably full, I would go make myself throw up. And it was disgusting. I, it sent shivers on my spine thinking about it. And I remember the last time I did it, I was in our sorority bathroom. And I remember coming out, you know, it's pretty evident when someone throws up. First off, there's stalls. You can see someone is hunched on the ground facing the wrong way while you're peeing. You know, God forbid you hear it. And then God forbid you see me coming out of the stall, mascara running down my eyes, wiping my nose, my mouth, gross. And I know I made plenty of girls uncomfortable by them seeing that I tried to be strategic. You can only do so much. Um, but I remember, and this is so gross, and I'm sorry if this is TMI, you can take it out. I remember I threw up and the toilet water had splashed back in my face. And I was a little germaphobe back in the day and I still have some tendencies. And I remember that happened. I was like, absolutely not. That's it. I'm not doing that again. That shit was disgusting. I Right now I vow I will not do that again. And I cleaned myself up and I remember... And after you make yourself throw up, it like, it, it hurts. Your stomach hurts, your head hurts, like everything just aches. And so I like, typical routine, I went to bed at like 7 p.m. I'm a sophomore in college. I went to bed at like 7 p.m. because my body could not handle it. Um, and so I always, that thought is always in the back of my mind of how disgusted I was. So that always stopped me from purging. Um, for the most part, no, that's incorrect from purging period. <laughs> um, how I stay, I always just think about how, like kind of, you know, how we were discussing the rambling thoughts of excuses of why you're not eating of, you know, everything. I, my mind just literally went blank. Just, I'm just thinking about just the constant wheel of thoughts and emotions. And I'm for sure a serial feelings avoider. If I can avoid something like a feeling and uncomfortable, anything I'm going to, I'm going to avoid it like the damn plague. And I am still working towards, you know, thinking about it, process that feeling. Don't let it get to a point where I am, you know, grasping for some sort of 
control, gratification, whatever it may be. Um, in my books, I do keep my books. I have a little, I hate reading, but I love reading the books that I, the recovery books that I have, the body image ones I have. Um, even just looking at them sometimes, I'm like, it kind of brings me back. I'm like, okay, do I, do I need to read it? For sure. It's right there if I need to. Otherwise, like, okay, it's kind of a reminder. Um, and I'm, I usually try to remind myself too of like how horrible I looked when I thought I looked amazing or um, yeah. And it might sound so vain, but you know, I remember looking at pictures. I don't have that many pictures from when I was, you know, 105 pounds, but the few I have, I remember my arms and legs were little bones. My skin was lit. My skin was literally gray. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. It was gray. My eyeballs were like sunken, my whole face sunken. Um, and to this day, I'm like feeling some repercussions of that, like of the eating disorder as a whole, like redheads usually fade after pretty early, but I, my hair started fading and lost its texture. Yeah. Probably when it was all going on since freshman year of college. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I like kind of try to just put myself in a position where I remember, you know, what it was, what triggered it, what is triggering me right now to feel this way. And like, not escape options, but quick, like I have my book here. I can text my therapist and send an appointment. I can, you know, have my boyfriend, my friends, my family bring me down that's just, I don't know. That's what helps me. And I'm sure there's a million other things to do that works for other men and women, but that's, that's what works for me. Good. Good. I'm so happy that you have things that work, that you're constantly like right there and it can just bring you right back to that set point. It's so important. What are yours? You have any ones that like, like a quick relief? Yeah. I'm, so I'm in a 12 step group. It's all about like inner child healing and it's like becoming your own loving parent. So that for me. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause a lot of my, like a lot of that, um, like you're not good enough. Like you have to do this and then food is your reward. That comes from my childhood with always like, why didn't you do this better? Why isn't it better? Why isn't it better? So that's like so ingrained and I've been breaking out of that. So yeah. So That's I use the amazing. Thanks. Yeah. It's like, I go to a meeting and afterward, like I went to my first meeting after that first meeting, I gained five pounds like overnight, which I was like trying to gain so much. And I like just overnight and I was able to eat like normal, like every single day. And I started feeling my body more. It's, it's just like, I don't even, basically oh we go there, <laughs> we go there and we bitch about our childhood. But somehow, for some reason, it, it helps every single time. And if I don't go, like when I was crying with the cereal, if I don't go, it's, it's so hard. Like I can feel a difference in my body. So that just like made me emotional. That's so beautiful. And I love that. Like, again, you're dealing with the root issue. This isn't like, a oh, when you're eating, you, when you're hungry, you should eat and blah, blah, blah. No, that's not the issue. That's just the icing on the cake. We have barely scratched the surface. This is the issue, and that's what needs to be resolved, not eating a couple extra bites of your cheeseburger. <laughs> There's yes. deeper things, and I don't think a lot of people understand that with eating disorders. 
Um, and they're so complex, but there is almost always, there's always a root. And whether that has to deal with food or not, um, mine wasn't about food. Yours doesn't sound to be like about food, your root cause. So it's wild what it comes out to be and what people see. Cause they see us not eating. Like, oh, that's the issue, just eat, we're good. Like, no, there's so much more to unpack. There's so much more to it. But I love that you have that like out that you can, I don't know, speak to people who understand. I think it's so important. Yeah, definitely. And it's like this group isn't for eating disorder specifics. It's just people who had like what the way that they experienced their childhood was through a traumatic way. And so they're just healing that inner child in themselves. And like through that healing of the inner child, like the eating disorder goes down and healing goes up and it's, yeah. Crazy. And I do like that you can separate it too, though. You're not going there to discuss in depth about your eating disorder. Mm -hmm. That's separate. And that kind of like, for me, when I had situations like that, it kind of made me feel more human. And I wasn't just like, I wasn't just anorexic. I was a human who had some deep-rooted shit. I had some right. things I had to, you know, discover for myself. I don't know if you felt that way. I had, it was one of my many realizations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It definitely, like, I mean, I think when I really was coming into realizing, like waking up to my eating disorder that I had been in denial about for so long during that point in time, it was like, I re I was realizing so much shit about myself and I was going through one dark ass night of the soul <laughs> and mm -hmm. it was just kind of like the eating disorder was just a symptom of it. It's not actually the problem. That was beautifully yeah. said. That was beautifully <laughs> said. Couldn't have said it better. So you're in dietetics and we've talked a little bit about like diet culture and how that plays such a big role. And I know for me on my journey, like my eating disorder got exponentially worse when I started learning about diet in naturopathic school. And so it was like learning about that diet and learning about like all of the inflammation and shit that could happen and like trying to eat perfectly is what exponentially made it worse. That's when I lost the 20 pounds in four months because I wasn't eating anything but vegetables and I couldn't eat yeah. enough vegetables. Yeah, so, I mean, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, I'm just curious, like from your lens, like along with the diet culture, like it, what else do you think kind of contributes to eat, eating disorders and what kind of sets us up for failure ultimately? Yeah, I think a lot of people have a stereotypical view of what an eating disorder looks like. And I've fallen guilty to that as well before I, you know, learned more. Usually when we think eating disorder, you think skin and bones. So I've heard people, you know, see a heavier set woman and be like, oh no, she doesn't look like she has an eating disorder. And comments like that can be so hurtful, harmful, and debilitating. Something so simple. I've said that without even thinking, had no idea. So I think comments like that and, you know, phrases like freshman 15 and the sorority 40 and other phrases like that are so common, so easy to throw out. And, you know, things like that can be so harmful. And I remember, you know, 
my dad bringing up that I was so focused on the freshman 15. Freshman 15, blah, 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 I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I think comments like that are so, again, you have no idea you, your audience. You can know people. You have no idea what's underneath. Like, you never truly know what someone is going through. Um, and I've heard two people like, like, oh, she, she looks anorexic because she's skinny. Like, oh, I'm, you know, binge eating tonight. It's like, well, like, I understand what they're trying to say. I get it. And again, they're probably saying because they don't know, God bless. I don't want them to know, but you know, just being mindful of things like that could, I think really be helpful. And it's, you know, not gonna be an overnight thing, but if we can get awareness out some, you know, slowly at surely, I think that that can help create an environment for people who are struggling. And even, you know, even if it's not a full-blown DSM-5 eating disorder, like some sort of disordered eating and comments like that, I know they were really hit me hard when I, and still do, you know, they still kind of rub me the wrong way. Um, I think just getting rid of comments like that, it's, it's time. It's 2021. It's time. Before I ask you this last question, if people are loving you as much as I love you, uh, where can they find you? Like, and are you open to them reaching out and sharing either their story or maybe asking you more questions or? Yes, absolutely. Please reach out. My Instagram is just my, I think all my social media is just my name, Abby Glonick, A-B-B-Y-G-L-O-N-E-K. Um, please reach out to me. I think I'm going to make my um, Instagram more, uh, what's the word? Open? Uh, not like, not private. private. <laughs> <laughs> um, so please, please, please. And I am toying around with the idea of making an Instagram page solely for body positivity, awareness, all the good things, literally positive things only. Um, and so once I get that ball rolling, I'll definitely put that in my, you know, personal Instagram bio, but please, yeah, message me, reach out, whatever you so desire. I love to do this. I would love to help. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, thank you. And I'll put all of like the details and stuff in the show notes. And if that, if that Instagram's up and running by the time this episode launches, we, that's, that'll all be in the details in the show notes. Okay. Okay. So the last question I have for you is what is like the big takeaway that you want every single woman to know? I have so many, I could say, but I think my biggest one, I want to like clap while I say this, emphasize that you are, okay, you are not defined by anything but yourself and who you are as a person. Not that number on the scale, not what Johnny said to you in sixth grade about your the thunder thighs or whatever it may be, not the tag on your clothing, nothing. Nothing defines you besides you. And it's, you know, don't try to put yourself in a little category of like, oh, well, and that's what people think attractive. No one would ever be mad at a golden retriever for not being the size of a chihuahua. So why are we doing that to ourselves? People love dogs. Why don't we have that same love for us, ourselves, our friends, family? I am criminal for doing this as well. I 
you know, I will see that. And like I said, I still go on the um, scale backwards. I have, you know, fallen through my weakness and I've, I've, you know, didn't say anything. I'll go on the scale normally, scale normally, see the number and it will, you know, crush me. It'll ruin my whole day, my week, whatever. So it's still something that is, you know, that we have to work on. I'm sure the same with you. I'm sure with many people recovery, going in recovery, if, you know, a couple years strong. Um, but don't let that define you. Don't let these stupid little digital numbers have that big of an impact on you. Yeah, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that and for sharing your story and sharing just your beautiful heart and being here and taking the time to do this with me. I know it's, it's something that's really important to me, like just the awareness around the eating disorder itself. And I know that it's really important to you too. So thank you. Thank you. I literally have been beaming ever since you asked me. I, I'm so excited. I love you. I love you so much. I'm proud of everything you've done, you're doing, you're just a rock star. You're kicking ass. Oh, thank you. I love you too.